Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, Word of God incarnate, speak this morning to our hearts and into our relationships. Humble us before you and help us, Lord, to learn to love one another as you have loved us. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm going to say that probably this seems like a strange text. What's there to say? Abraham died. Okay, we're done. I know you're all going, really? Yet I want you to think about something pretty remarkable. It's a little phrase in the middle of this text from Genesis 25. These words. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him. Think how remarkable that is. Isaac and Ishmael have pretty much been enemies since the day Isaac was born. Their mothers couldn't stand each other. In fact, the tension in the family got so bad that at one point, Abraham had to push Ishmael and his mother out of the family. Had to send them away. The tension between those two men was so bad that their descendants, the Jews and the Arabs, are still fighting today. Thousands of years later. And yet here, if only for a brief moment, a thaw takes place, a a reconciliation, if you would, a, a healing in their relationship. These two boys, men, come together finally to bury their father. Kind of sad, isn't it? That someone, that Abraham had to die for these two boys, these two men, to get together even on this thing. But you know, that's a biblical truth. When there are going to be two divided peoples, when there's going to be a reconciliation, someone has got to die. It's the way it worked for Ishmael and Isaac, and whether we, Abraham had to die. But it is doubly true about our relationship with God. You know, the Bible says, That in our sin, we were God's enemies. That's the word 
that the Scriptures use to describe our condition as sinners. But I want you to hear and listen and read this word from Romans where Paul says, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him how? Through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, we, so rejo- you know, we rejoice that Jesus died. You realize that, don't you? Why? Because to reconcile us to God, Jesus had to die. That's the only way to take the, the, the things that stand between us and God, our sin, our rebellion. It's the only way that those obstacles could have been taken out of the relationship. The debt that we owe because of our sin had to be paid so that the Father could welcome us back into the family. And so Jesus laid down his life to do just that. And the Bible says that in that, God was in Christ. God was in his death. God was in what happened in the cross, reconciling us to himself, not counting men's sins against them. That's the way it works. It's true for Isaac and Ishmael. It's true in our relationship with God. And folks, it's true in all our relationships. Now, I want to say this. This is the ministry and the work that God calls us to. Listen to to these words. He has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are to be Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. As those restored to God in Christ, as those who know that Jesus died so that we could have a relationship with the Father, we are now to carry that ministry to those around us. And boy, in this divided, fighting, arguing world, nation, That ministry is needed right now. Now, folks, our job, our mission is to bring people together. To bring them back to God. To bring them back to each other. The word reconciliation means to turn enemies into friends. Literally, the Greek word means to alter the relationship. Now, funny thing, you know that word alter there? It's the same 
word that describes what a tailor does. Now think about that. You know, when you have a piece of clothing that doesn't wear, doesn't, doesn't uh, fit, there's a couple of things you can do with it. The easy thing is just put it in the closet, forget about it, give it to Goodwill or East Fort Bend or someone like that, or give it as a hand-me-down to somebody else, or just throw it out. The more costly thing is to go to a tailor and let him hopefully take in the waistline, alter the length of the pants or the skirt. Folks, apply that to relationships. What do we do with that mother-in-law that drives us crazy? I heard some nervous chuckling from the husbands there. What do we do with the brother that we spent a lifetime arguing with and still he can't give up? What do you do with the boss who makes your life miserable? What do you do with the friend who betrays you? What do you do with the spouse whose answer is always to be sarcastic and cutting? The easy thing is to fight back. The easy thing is to just ignore and avoid. I bet some of you do that with people. There's people, you see them coming, and you duck around the corner. The easy thing to do is to maybe get a divorce or just hang that relationship in the closet and forget about it. Maybe go and complain to everybody else about that person. God has called us to a different method. He has called us to be relationship tailors. He has called us to be about the work of reconciliation, to do the hard work, to alter the relationship to turn enemies into friends, to make it fit. Now, to do that, this is the hard part. Someone has to die. Now, what do I mean? Well, by die, I mean someone has to swallow their pride. Someone has to lay down their weapons. Someone has to give up winning the argument. Someone has to stop being defensive. Someone has to stop holding a grudge and take the first step. Question is who? Because you know, well, she hurt me. She should apologize. He was wrong. Why do I have to go to him? Well, folks, I, I want you to understand this isn't a have to or a got to, this is a get to. 
in the Gospels, Jesus makes it clear that it doesn't matter who's at fault. Now, what do I mean? Well, I'm going to take you to two passages in the Gospel of Matthew. First is in, in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. In other words, um, there you remember that you've done something wrong, and he has reason to be mad at you, that you're in the wrong. If you are at the altar, remember your brother has something against you. You're in the wrong. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So there Jesus talks about the fact that if you know you've been in the wrong, go. But then in today's gospel, what did he say? He said, if your brother sins against you, so now he's in the wrong. If your brother sins against you, go. And show him his fault. Just between the two of you. And if he listens to you, you've won your brother. Think about that. Now, you know, don't just, you know, be on the outside and, and operate out of some kind of codependence need to be the hero and to, to fix things. That's not what this is. Sometimes you got to wait. you got to let your heart get in a repentant spot or a heart in a loving spot where you're not trying to, to dig it in by going to the person. But the thing about it is that you need to hear here, if you ask Jesus who should make the first move, his answer to you will always be you. So you and I, we need to stop worrying about who's right and who's wrong. About who's at fault and who isn't. About who wins and who loses. Imagine where we would be if God had operated that way. We'd all be lost. What does the Bible say? God demonstrates his own love for us in this. And that while we were yet sinners, when we were most definitely in the wrong, Christ died for us. See? He calls us to do that for each other. To lay down our pride, our arrogance, our need to be the one who's right, our fear of admitting I was wrong, and to love the other person enough to make the first move. And that means we have to swallow our pride. It means you and I have to die. That's what Luther said, right? So that's what baptism means, that by daily contrition and repentance, the old Adam in us should be drowned and die, along with all sin and evil desire, so that daily a new man might arise 
to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. St. Paul describes it. He says, I have been crucified with Christ so that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. He says, I have to die every day, all the time, in order to be the person God wants me to be. Because you see, God calls you and me, calls us to be like Jesus in our relationships. He calls us to quit fighting. He calls us to learn to care more about each other than we do about proving how right we are. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, when he died, they, they put a spear into his side. And you know, he didn't flinch. Didn't cry out. You know why? He was dead. All that came out was blood and water. In my mind, it's the, the water of life and the blood that cleanses us from our sin. I think, folks, that's how you and I will know when the Spirit is really forming Christ in us when someone jabs and attacks us and we don't flinch. Don't get mad. Don't strike back. I, I had my dad do that for me once. Saw him do it. So I know it's possible. Standing there in Westchester, Illinois, a three-story office building going up on the corner of Mannheim Road and Roosevelt Road. And this carpenter was yelling and cussing and screaming at my dad. And you have to know my dad. Linda will get this. My dad was like, And I watched him. And Dad let him yell until he calmed down. And then they talked. I said, how'd you do that? Why'd you, why, didn't you, why didn't you get mad? He said, well, what good would that done? I have to work with him. Folks, that's what God calls us to do. To make the first step. To reach out in love to those who have hurt us because we love them. And because God has loved us that way. All it takes is this. Abraham had to die. Jesus had to die. And every day, in every relationship, that's what God calls for from us. To die to ourselves. So that God can take you and that other person and make you and them alive in Christ.
Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which pass all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.